This is episode 12 of Real Shift Radio with special guest Dean Baker. Are you ready for the shift? Are you ready for security, balance, and freedom to do the things that you want to do? It all starts with the shift. My name is Dominic Labriola. I'm a real estate broker and developer, and each week I sit down to speak with the most inspiring people in the real estate industry to bring you stories of shift, successes, challenges, aha moments, and overall best practices to help you live your best life. This is Real Shift Radio. Welcome back, shifters, and thank you so much for joining me and my guest today, Dean Baker, for another inspiring episode of Real Shift Radio. I've been very busy the past few weeks with a new project, and I'm excited to finally be able to tell you about it. I recently partnered with one of my best friends who is founding a new boutique luxury real estate brokerage right here in Los Angeles. I've joined him as the chief operating officer of the company and we've been hard at work building the brokerage. I just submitted our corporate license application to the Bureau of Real Estate this week, so it's just a matter of time before we can open. Our office is under construction, and it has been a lot of fun developing the brand, logos, systems, and website. Hopefully within the next two or three months, we'll be completely up and running. I'll be sure to share more details as things continue to progress. Dovetailing on that, today's guest, Dean Baker, is one of my earliest mentors, a gentleman who I feel has led the way for me in many ways. I see a lot of parallels between our lives, having both grown up in construction to become licensed as agents very early on, and now working to establish real estate companies. It is very exciting for me to be able to bring Dean to the program to share his story with you. When I began selling real estate in Lake Havasu City in 2003, Dean was the top producer at Coldwell Banker, where I've worked. I've always been inspired by Dean and his work ethic. He's always been so nice to me, and I'm thrilled that he agreed to speak with me here to share his journey with us. So without further delay, here's Dean Baker. I have Dean Baker with Lake Havasu City Properties here with me on the podcast. Thank you for joining me, Dean. Oh, thank you. Thank you so much for having me. I'm glad to be here with you. Awesome. So I wanted to have you on the podcast because you are one of the most inspirational people to me, especially as I got started in real estate. You were the number one realtor with Coldwell Banker back where I began my career in Lake Havasu City. And you were actually one of the youngest brokers in town, if I believe. Is that correct? Yes, that was that was a while ago. <laughs> yes, um, I started uh, I started my real estate career when I was in high school. I was a um, a senior in high school, and I took my California test and uh, began my career. Uh, um, along, uh, my friends would go uh, flip hamburgers, and I'd go to the real estate office. <laughs> nice. Where did you grow up? I grew up in a small town called Yucca Valley, California, just above Palm Springs, um, and. Uh, Started my career uh, in real estate uh, right there in that town. So did you focus on residential sales right away or did you get into anything else? 
Well, actually, I, I started my career um, doing lot sales because I was so young, and a lot of the folks with uh, landowners, you really didn't have to meet face to face. So that's how I kind of got my feet wet. And then as I got uh, some traction there, I moved over to residential um, sales. Awesome. What brought you to Lake Havasu City? Well, I was actually, um, my, um, my dad was a contractor and uh, I used to work with him after schools um, and we really, I, my family didn't have any money to, for me to go to school and so forth and uh, so I would do framing and concrete and construction and um, uh, long story short, one day uh, we were pouring cement out in uh, 100 and plus degrees and a uh, guy came up in a nice car and he got out and my dad said okay hold on a second you keep working I gotta sign some papers so I was just I was pretty young and he signed some papers with this uh, gentleman uh, dressed real nice clean nice car and uh, he got back in and left and I said hey what dad what was that all about and he says, well he's a real estate broker and he just sold this house that we're building and I said well, <laughs> What, what kind of money does a guy like that make? And he says, well, I'll tell you what, he's going to make more money than we will doing the concrete, the framing, and all the electrical work. And, and at that point, I, uh, I said, I'm going to real estate school. So that's, <laughs> that's kind of how it started. We have a lot of parallels in that regard. Uh, my, my dad is also a contractor, and I got started with him as a little kid visiting his job sites and working on his job sites. So I think one of the thoughts behind my process of getting into real estate was why not sell the houses that we're building and, uh, and so it, it made a lot of sense so it's interesting I never realized that your dad was a contractor also yep so, same same beginning cool right. so you became uh, not only just a realtor but then you became a broker really quickly which uh, is another accomplishment in and of itself I think it's kinda like having the PhD of real estate so what made you become a broker and and how did that process come together for you well like I said when I when I started I was fairly young and uh, I wanted to learn everything I could about every facet of the real estate business so um, a few years down the road after being in business full-time I went and took uh, my broker's license and the test and my goal and my dream was always to own my own real estate company that was that was my um, yeah, my long-term goal. Awesome. So a little bit later in the podcast, I'd love to really have you share about the brokerage. But before we do that, I was hoping that we could talk about um, some of the habits that you formed, which brought you to the pinnacle of the of the salespeople at um, at Coldwell Banker and how you became such a top producer within the company. Well, when I first started, there wasn't a whole lot of formal training, and I I wasn't doing very well the first couple years. And I actually uh, I quit for a little bit, and I went into uh, installing air conditioning units with a guy and. You know, that didn't work out so well in 120 degree temperatures on roofs. So I went back into real estate very motivated that I was going to succeed no matter what. Mm -hmm. And I actually um, moved my desk right next to the top producer so that I could hear how he spoke and mimic what he did and learn. Um, without any formal training, that's the best I could do. <laughs> Sounds familiar. I, I happen to remember having a desk right outside your office. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
Yeah, that's and you know, um, and real estate's involved uh, evolved a little more where you get a lot uh, training from different brokerages and so forth. But um, to answer your question, I think my um, my success has been stable, continuing to work every day, day in, day out, and just just um, just stay in the course. Um, and of course, prospecting real estate's, um, you know, it's all about selling homes, but it's really a prospecting business. Every day you wake up and go to work, you need to be thinking about where you're going to get your next client. And basically the more people you see and talk to and touch and reach out to the more sales you're going to make. Mm -hmm. It's totally a numbers game. Yeah. So how does prospecting look for you? What? what are some of the most successful methods that you've employed to to get in front of more people well um, my my niche was um, um, bulk mail um, I used a lot of uh, prospecting uh, uh, using the mail because I could reach um, I was doing about 30,000 pieces of mail a year and the reason I did that is because I could reach 30,000 people and not you know I, I didn't get everybody of course but uh, it gave me that leverage to prospect to so many people mm -hmm. um, and that was uh, we did that before folding machines and all the fancy equipment now my wife and I used to put duct tape on our fingers because we folded so many mail ups <laughs> that, that it would make our fingers raw so yeah. days. but I, I continued to just do that day in and day out for until um, I started my own company you know about 13 years and I never let up mm. um, I wasn't at a hundred percent office. I've always been at a split type of an office, um, and I stayed at the same company and just worked it every day, like uh, a forty-hour uh, day job. Yeah. Uh, so, do you have any success quotes or mantras that have shaped the way that you have operated your business? Um, you know. I, my business has always been uh, really to treat people right. I'm not a super salesman um, per se, but I just I treat people right. I do the honest and the right thing, and just the combination of that and and hard work and and staying dedicated. And my de my definition of dedication is is to stay the course with your goal long after your mood, your thought. Or another plan comes into into force. You just continue with it, and that's what I did for years. And a lot of that success in real estate is a lot of the uh, other agents will will give up or they'll stop short um, and not follow the course. Yeah, um, and that's where you have an advantage as a top producer. Mm -hmm. uh, Your but, dedication extends into many different fields. I feel like um, you, you you took me in your plane once. You became a pilot very, very quickly uh, in life also. How did you learn about flying and what made you want to become a pilot? Well, I've, I've always wanted to be a pilot and uh, ever since I was a little kid I took a ride in an airplane and I, I told myself that was another goal that I was going to accomplish. and. Uh, and I remember at the airport uh, one day and uh, with a friend of mine who was a successful business person and a mentor of mine and an uh, aircraft took off and 
I wanted to be a pilot so bad. And I said, boy, I would sure love to be in the left seat where the pilot flies. And uh, my friend looked at me and he says, Dean, he says, you stay the course on this real estate business and become successful. You'll actually be in the back seat of that aircraft <laughs> with a pilot up front. You'll be having a drink. So that being said, I, uh, my, one of my goals was to be in, in aviation, and it is expensive. And it was also a motivation for me to do well in real estate. Mm -hmm. I, think, I think you need to have something that gets you out of bed every day, that makes you make that last phone call, that makes you stay 15 minutes longer. You need you need that you know, that reward to look forward to. Mm -hmm. um, so I did get into aviation. I got my uh, um, private pilot's license at nineteen. Wow! Um, I've had uh, had three air airplanes, and uh, I also have a glider rating for flying uh, aircraft with no engines. Wow! Um, now I'm a, I got my rating for hot air balloons. And I've had a couple hot air balloons, and uh, that's really my fun now is flying hot air balloons. And, of course, I got my company logo on the balloon. So. Of course. <laughs> so I, um, I started this podcast because I experienced quite a bit of hardship when we had the economic downturn uh, that began in 2000. Uh, 2007 was really the worst of it for me. Uh, at that time, I was working with Joanna at her office, and um, and we had like a hundred listings, and nothing was selling, and I went broke. Um, have you? I mean, how did you manage that course? What happened for you when? the bottom fell out of our business in Lake Havasu. Being a secondary and tertiary home market like it is, I feel like people stopped buying second homes there before people lost their first homes. And, right. and then it was hit again when people lost their first homes. So what did well, you do to navigate that and, and maintain your life? Well, what what I did it is it started, um, you know, years prior to the crash. Um, I always, I've always been disciplined and dedicated, and I made money in real estate with commissions, and also by investing. So I've made as just as probably just as much money in commissions as I have investing in in what I sell. Mm -hmm. um, that being said, I was always very frugal, and I paid off all debt. Um, I think on my first home, I was debt-free on it um, by the time I was 31. Wow. Um, so I, I had no debt at all. So when we went into, and I had a savings, so when we went into the, the downturn of the market, um, I, that's when I opened my real estate office in 2006. Mm -hmm. And I started out real slow, and, and, and everybody's saying, you're crazy, the market's crashing, what are you doing? That's fine. I wanted to be in that position when it turned around that I was already established and, and, and going strong. Mm -hmm. um, and I took risk. Um, I leased a 8,000 square foot building right downtown that nobody was in. It was vacant, and it was the best location in the city for a real estate office. And and I think a lot of it is taking calculated risk. Mm -hmm. uh, and I jumped into that building, remodeled it, and spent some money. And everybody in town was like, what is this? This guy either knows something we don't <laughs> or it's crazy. So yeah. it was the best move I ever made. I turned the building around. Um, 
and uh, remodeled it and was actually able to purchase it. Great. And um, I'll, now I have tenants and the building's thriving and, and our real estate company's doing well. So I think going into it with low debt mm-hmm. and um, uh, being able to take some risks that were, were calculated risks um, um, to try to um, leverage that. Tell me about the way that you created your brokerage. I know we we talked about different models. There are 100% companies, but there are companies that really offer value to their agents. And they're on a more traditional split program. And I think that's kind of the direction that you've gone with, with your business. What, um, what did you do when you created your company and what kind of company did you want to create? Well, I, I looked at several different models and, and did the math and I really could not give the service, the support and the low overhead for agents um, at a hundred percent split. Mm-hmm. Um, there I had I had to make cuts somewhere or nickel and dime and charge agents uh, more money on the back end to, to make it work. So I went with the traditional office and you know, I I provide training and I provide the materials and, and free desk rent and try to keep the overhead low for the agents so that they don't have to worry if things get slow. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's why I, I did go with a traditional office. And, you know, 100% of nothing is 100% of nothing. So if you're not getting the training and the support you need to, to uh, further your career, it's just a, it's a, it's a waste. And... I, um, my entire success was at a 60% split mm-hmm. and paying a franchise fee. Yeah. So it's what you do with your money and how you leverage it and, and, um, and what you learn and your support, um, I think is, is in, in my case, has been uh, really valuable. Mm-hmm. So that's, so we're, we're a traditional office. Uh, we have 55 salespeople um, and, uh, We've got a lot of new agents that I have time to spend and to nurture and show them, you know, how, how what was successful for me. Mm-hmm. And it's it's a real, um, it's really rewarding to see an agent that's uh, brand new in the business and right away starts, you know, making money in sales and, and making real estate a career. That's where I get my satisfaction these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so... Tell me more about your balloon. How how did that become a passion for you, and um, and what do you do to incorporate that into into your daily life? Well, aviation, like I said, was always been really important to me, and and uh, I saw a, we had a balloon festival out here in Lake Havasu about five years ago, and I saw a, a balloon take off, and it just looked so peaceful, and um, it just. Uh, well, it was really inspiring to me. So I took my first ride and I got hooked on it. Mm-hmm. And the reason I like it so much is that it's it's very zen-like. It's peaceful. Um, there's no breeze because you travel with the wind. And it's very relaxing to me. And, and it's challenging, too. Um, it's a lot harder to fly because there's no steering wheel like an airplane. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but um, I wanted to get a balloon basically to advertise the company because um, there was no, um, there was a different, I do a lot of different advertising. I want to do something unique to stand out. 
um, than the, my competitors. Um, like I tell my agents, you know, there we have 600 realtors in this city. If there was 600 plumbers or 600 uh, uh, air conditioning contractors, who would you pick? And you're going to pick the person that stands out the most, mm -hmm. uh, the one with the most marketing that that's unique. And um, that's what that's what I've done with the balloon. We have a, a huge banner on it that was made in uh, made in Europe. Uh, with our logo and uh, we fly it in the afternoons and, and I got the community involved when we built the balloon I uh, did a coloring contest for all the kids in town and whoever the winner was we designed the balloon after and amazing yeah you know, we had a little girl that uh, that uh, designed the balloon and uh, we built it exactly like her design wow it, it gets the community involved and it's a community balloon and then it's great for business mm-hmm so um, people want to work with people they like and, and companies they like and we don't want to have that um, hardcore approach we want to have you know um, we're here we're part of the community we're fun um, come come down and see us as I mentioned the the name of the show is real shift radio um, what obstacles or challenges have you experienced and what did you do to shift through that in building a company and building your business? Well, um, we started with two agents that was myself and my assistant and we were able to grow it to 55 agents and within about eight years. Mm -hmm. And um, again, it's a combination of, of everything. It's, it's our honest approach, our reputation, um, our, um, our, our, our marketing campaigns that we have. You know, we have the balloon. We also have a uh, amphibious car that we use. It just stuff to stand out. And when I started, I think what was really um, uh, a shift was I started with big, um, the largest signs you could put on houses. And if it was a lot or a house, everybody got these big blue, beautiful signs. And what I did was I targeted my farming to all the major streets as I opened up and so that every major street where most people travel was one of our signs so we got instant credibility by doing that mm -hmm. and it was easier it kind of um, uh, it kind of grew and as agents saw signs all over town they said hey they must have something going on so that's where we ended up recruiting um, people from mm -hmm. um, I think the biggest shift has been training and mentoring, mm -hmm. um, not just saying here's your desk and phone, go to work and let me know if you sell anything. It's actually being here every day with the agents. I think that that can be one of the most powerful um, ways to, to really put what, you're, what you've done into words, it, to, to be able to express that to somebody and to teach it to others. Um, I know for me it it really helps me to be more effective and truly knowledgeable about what I'm even doing or why I do things. So have you, um, how have you grown as, as a teacher in this time? Well, that's been a big change for me because I was more in the sales and the salesperson and to have to stand back and look and, 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 and um, you know, teach the subject matter was was a learning curve for me too mm -hmm. and uh, and actually to to be a business uh, I per se you're a, as a real estate agent you're a business owner 
but to run a, a larger company with so many people, it was a learning curve for me because mm -hmm. uh, I was used to just selling. It was just myself and my assistant. I can't stress enough, as a new agent, you need a mentor. You need an educator. You need somebody that's been there that's um, got the call for a listing appointment and you're driving up the street and you go, gosh, I hope it's not that house. And guess what? It is the worst house on the street. Mm -hmm. I mean, you need somebody there that can support you and understands what you go through. Mm -hmm. uh, and I come as a trainer with, um, you know, as a top producer. So I've been there, I've done it, and I can convey that. So I think that's really important. Yeah. Uh, how important are listings for you and and how do you how do you feel that affects the business that you have you mentioned having signs all over town what what kind of a percentage do you feel like listing versus buyers you like to focus on well i think in the real estate business and in my opinion listings are the um the uh, uh most important part of the business and the reason I say that is because if you have a grocery store and you have no inventory inside you're not going to get any buyers or any people shopping so you have to have listings and I always um, did more listing business because you have something that it's a signed contract that you've got um, uh, six months or whatever to work on selling a piece of property versus a buyer um, a buyer comes in they spend you know a week with you and they uh, don't find what they need or they, they find another agent or you know they go they can go in many different directions a listing you're pretty locked in and you've got a goal and um, so that's that's how I built the business plus listings make the phone ring more people call more signs and then then you do get the buyers but uh, um, uh, I hope that answers the question and yeah. I think listings is the base to your business mm -hmm. um, and I always I like the fact that I used to carry a hundred listings and I could go away on the weekend and have a couple listings sell uh, versus a buyer's agent that spent all weekend away from their family showing homes mm -hmm. so uh, I like that aspect of it too definitely uh, so with that balance is incredibly important to me and I know that it's really easy to burn out in this business if you aren't leading a balanced life and taking some time to spend with your family. How do you incorporate a work-life balance and, and a healthy level of maintaining a career along with watching your kids grow up and, and being a part and actively engaged in what they're doing? Yeah, that is so important to me. I mean, my family really comes first. I, I have a hard time with turning turning business off, but I really try to spend a lot of time with my kids. Um, I I really work forty hours a week, eh, maybe just a tad more than that. But and I take weekends off, mm -hmm. um, and I've always done that, even as a salesperson. Unless I, in that rare occasion, I had buyers that wanted to go out on the weekends. I just scheduled them around my schedule mm -hmm. uh, because my family really came first. And I tell my salespeople, if you just worked real estate like a 40-hour work week and you did everything you needed to do within that 40 hours, mm -hmm. you'd make over $100,000 a year uh, selling real estate. Um, 
So I, I, I come to work at 8 and I leave at 5, 5.30 and go home and I turn it off. Uh, it seems to work out for all these years. So, and that's another reason I like being a listing agent because I can control my time a little better in, in my family life. Mm -hmm. What does a typical day look like for you? Can you go over your daily routine and, and what time do you get up? What do you do each morning and, and how do you run your day? Um, I typically, I usually get up about four every morning. And the first thing I do is go on Facebook. <laughs> no, I get up at four, and uh, a lot of times I'll do a lot of work that I need to do that I can concentrate on with nobody. And it's just my quiet time that I can get things done um, and follow up. In in the office, it's difficult because I have you know fifty people coming to me all day long, so it's hard to get a project done. So I'll do a lot of that in the morning, and I get to work at eight, so that gives me four hours of of real solid quality work time. Um, and then uh, a normal day is at the office, uh, eight, 8 to 5, um, uh, helping agents and doing what we do, keep cool. prospecting. Um, I could use some more time at the gym. Uh, it's hard to balance the work and the gym and the, and the family time, but... Uh, Working on that. I I feel like <laughs> I have to do that in the morning, otherwise I don't get to it because it's uh, it's so easy for me to just skip the gym if I leave it towards the end of the day. Right. Um, I'm just like, eh, I'd rather just kind of hang out at home. And <laughs> but but yeah. I totally understand. Yep. Who do you surround yourself with? What what are the characteristics of the people that you live with and you work with? And how do they support you in accomplishing the things you want to achieve? Who are those people for you? Well, I, I really I tune negative people out. I don't like negativity because I'm just not that type of person. There's a way to do everything. There's always a solution to every problem. Um, so I try to surround myself by positive people. Um, I've got several mentors in in town that uh, are successful business people that I can I can run ideas by and get inspiration from them. Um, so I think that's really been important to me. Um, uh, I've had a real successful business person in town that's really good at marketing, and I've kind of mimicked his success and his marketing ideas. And uh, and plus, my wife is very supportive. Um, and um, keeps the family together when, when I'm at work and uh, I think that your home life has got to be pretty stable too so that you can you can stay positive um, and, and going in the right direction but uh, I mostly you know like I said ne negative people you don't want to get into that routine mm -hmm. what are what are the characteristics of the people that you want to bring into the company, and have you had to have you had to turn anybody away, or or do you feel like what attracts the people that work with you? Well, you're right, and I and I have turned people away. I I am not interested in spending my time with somebody that is not motivated, not looking to take this serious as a career. Uh, and as a person that doesn't want to work it, mm -hmm. um, I just don't have the time available to, to um, if they're not going to help themselves, I'm not going to help them. So um, that being said, uh, if an agent, uh, I had a, a young agent that worked at uh, 
to, at Mac at Dillard selling makeup. And she came to me and said, hey, I want to sell real estate and want to make this my career. I'm tired of selling makeup. And I'm like, you know, I don't know. And so I said, I tell you what, you quit your job and show me that you're really, um, really committed to this business. I'll take you on and mentor you. And what do you know, the next day she comes in and sits down in front of me. And I said, how can I help you? And she goes, well, I just quit my job. What do I do next? So, um, <laughs> And it's a cool story because in two years she became our top producer with with our mentoring program and amazing and was able to move into another career which was very satisfying to me and um, and I was willing to to spend my time with an, somebody that really wants to learn it and do well. Mm -hmm. um, you know, a lot of people come into this business and they don't want to work it. And there's a lot of things. It's more than just showing fancy houses and looking at properties. Um, you have to do the hard work, and that's prospecting. Mm -hmm. um, like I said, it's so important. Yeah. Um, but, do you, uh, can you share some significant moments that have shaped who you are? Or, or even just, um, just one that comes to mind? Well, it's kind of a tragic one if you want to <laughs> I don't want to ruin our moods. Because no, I... I I think that it's it's helpful to share those kinds of moments because a lot of the people who listen to my show are experiencing a really hard time and hearing your great success and how you've come out of that can be totally empowering for them. So I'd love to have you well, tell me. I, I think a lot of it is my goals and my, my desires and my dreams that I wanted to achieve. and and. And I had a burning desire to want to achieve those things like airplanes and boats and balloons and amphibious cars and big houses and uh, and, and a nice family. And, and those are things that it was a burning desire. But what really changed me, and 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 you have to take risk. A risk is, is a calculated risk is a part of it. You cannot be successful, successful if you don't take some risk because nothing's guaranteed. And I think I learned that um, one one morning I was still still living at home and I was just trying to start my real estate career like I told you in the beginning and and I told you I worked with my dad as um, we partners we had a wonderful relationship and I was young and uh, my dad was helping me out and I I heard this crash in the kitchen one night and I walked out and my dad was having a heart attack and he was only forty six years old. And I actually watched him die on the kitchen floor right in front of me at 46. Um, wow. And at that moment, I kind of learned that the things you worry about, um, chances, you need to stop and take those chances and stop worrying about things so much because you never know in life what can happen. Your life can be changed at a moment. Mm -hmm. And I kind of live my life that way, not carelessly. But knowing that, that life is so fragile and we can be gone at any time and actually witnessing that when I was such a young, young kid, um, you know, if I fail in business, it's not the end of the world. Mm -hmm. I can start over and I can do it again. Um, there's, you know, as long as you have life, you have a chance or, uh, or hope. Yeah. Uh, and I really think that, um, and it, Mary, plus it, plus Mary, it, oh, I'm sorry. No problem. Just pause. We'll, um, we'll edit this part out if you just hold okay. on. Um, so I think um, watching him being carried away and we were so close and, and his death um, 
it, it really motivated me because I'm like, well, now I just lost that kind of, we had a partnership in, in business and, and I was getting married and I was in the middle of building a home. I was trying to get my real estate career started. Um, so really I was motivated by anxiety. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, but uh, that really changed the way I, I look at life. Yeah. Um, it makes me aware of how precious it is. Mm-hmm. Um, and it makes me want to do the things I can and take the chances and take, you know, take the risks. Mm-hmm. Um, a, a friend of mine told me uh, taking chances and risks is not a way, a way of escaping life. It's a way of keeping life from escaping you, mm-hmm. which is kind of the way I run my life. So. Cool. Um, Thank you. Thank you for sharing yeah. that with me. And yeah, that's uh, kind of on the negative, but uh, again, it really uh, was part of what. No, came but up. I think those kinds of moments are the things that that do shape us, and they, I mean, they they create the character of who we are. So I think, thank you for being so open and honest and and sharing with with your past, and and really, I think that can help a lot of people through moments that they're experiencing. So thank you. Yes, you know, we have a, just a finite amount of time here, so why not make it happen? Um, and that's been my, my kind of my, my, my saying is just make it happen. Mm-hmm. Do what you got to do to make it work. Yeah. yeah. What's the best business or life advice that you've ever received? Um, best business or life advice? I'd say keep your overhead low if possible. And not only in in your business, but uh, in, um, in your life. Um, my success and the way I made it through the downturn, and I was able to survive the downturn, was like I said, um, keeping some savings and keeping your debt low. Don't be paying interest to every car and boat and house and airplane. Pay cash for those things. If you if you can't really pay cash, you really can't afford them. Mm-hmm. And I've always lived my life that way, so that I'm. I am debt free, and if we have another d- downturn, I can weather the storm mm-hmm. and be out in front of the other folks that didn't. Yeah, um, that's. Do you yeah. do you have any kind of um, training in terms of of debt management, or or even just kind of um, planning for that that you share with your agents, or or how do you? How do you express that to the people that are that are working with you? Well, the one thing I tell them is, especially when they get successful, is you better start saving for taxes. <laughs> uh, <laughs> there was one year when I was selling real estate, I, I paid $95,000 in cash to the federal government for taxes. So that kind of surprised me. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, no, um, I do I do share, the, share that with them. Um, and I also share that I think it's so important that you invest in what you sell. Mm-hmm. Um, I've made, like I said, just as much money in commissions or not even more in, in investing. Mm-hmm. Uh, real estate's one of the best things you can invest in because it's tangible. You can you can rent it. Um, uh, it's it's a wonderful investment. And yes, we did have a downturn. We lost fifty percent, but it, it's now it's coming back. You just got to stay the course, mm-hmm. just like you stay the course in real estate sales. You got to stay the course in investments. Mm-hmm. Um, what are some of the best investments that you've made? Um, best investment I made was um, 
there was a there was a a piece of property that was for sale on the side of a mountain, and nobody wanted to touch it because um, it would be too hard to to grade it and cut a road in. Mm-hmm. And I thought, well, geez, there's got to be a way that we can make this work. So um, what I did is I partnered with a grading contractor, Mm -hmm. uh, one that had heavy equipment, and so that I could get the grading at cost. Mm -hmm. And um, I put a lowball offer on the lot. I think I paid $150,000 for the lot Mm -hmm. um, because um, nobody wanted to deal with the grading. I partnered with the grading contractor. Um, we were able to put the roads in uh, and grade the lot, and it was such a big parcel that we were able to subdivide it in three different um, parcels. Awesome. So we put the road in. It wasn't too bad. It was 50000 for the road and put all the water in and so forth, and then I sold uh, the, a small piece of the, piece of the um, parcel for 85000 mm-hmm. and then I sold my half, the bigger parcel, for 400000 Wow. So... Out of a hundred thousand dollar investment per se, I I, I was able to, to make four hundred thousand off of it. Awesome. So uh, that's probably one of the better ones. I don't really look for the big um, uh, home runs. It's just been a lot of little houses. I probably own fifteen different homes um, and different properties, and I just try to make a little bit of profit on everything. I don't need to have the a big profit and and there's sometimes that I don't need to get all the money out of it either I have a saying that uh, pigs get fatter and hogs get slaughtered <laughs> so make a little money on it save some money for the next guy and and move on and, and keep your keep your money moving I think keeping it moving is more important than sitting on something for a long time hoping you're gonna make a big home run mm-hmm. so uh, just a little bit of everything. Do you maintain any rental properties at this point, or or do you typically just buy and improve and and then sell? Well, you know, no, and I uh, both. Um, right now, I don't have any rentals, and there's a reason for that. But I've done really well with rentals, um, and 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 basically, it's the equity gain. Um, you've got the tenants in there paying the taxes and the mortgage and you're gaining equity mm-hmm. and um, done really well with rentals. And, and people say, oh, renters, they tear it up. You know, but, hey, what do you, you, you make $80,000 equity gain and so big deal, you got to go spend 5000 in paint and carpet and fix up. Mm-hmm. You, you don't lose the fact that you still made $80,000, you know. Yeah. So, um, but I just... Purchased my um, commercial building for a million plus dollars, and I needed to sell some rentals to to purchase the building. So sure. right now, I don't have any rent. Well, well you've got you've got rentals in that commercial space yeah, too. Yeah, I so. do have commercial tenants now, and I kind of like it. They don't say they don't. You don't have to go fix their sink or their toilet. It's true. It's a different kind of investment. So. But yeah, that's where where I'm at now, and I've uh, got several lots that I'm trying to sell and that I own. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, um, what what uh, I mean, you mentioned your your past burning desire. What's your current burning desire, and what's the dream that you have for your life right now? Well, that's interesting. I um, I am going on a balloon trip to raise money for uh, um, uh, abused children. Um, I'm trying to get pledges for um, 
sponsoring me for a long distance balloon flight. So I'm trying to get 25 cents for every mile that we go. A typical balloon flight is about eh, five, eight, eight miles. That's all we go. Mm -hmm. um, I'm going to load it full of propane and fuel and take camping gear and uh, GPS uh, locators and so forth. And we're going to go real high, about 10,000 feet. Wow. Catch a wind and see if we can go 100 or 200 miles to raise um, money for a local charity. So that's coming up probably within the next month or so. Cool. So I'm trying to get the community involved in that, trying to raise money. And, and that being said, um, I really enjoy raising money for uh, charities and so forth. There's a lot of satisfaction to that also. Mm -hmm. um, my major goals, um, you know, I've done a lot of things. <laughs> And I'm only 42. <laughs> uh, I, I think getting my kids raised and off to college is my one of my major goals right now. Mm -hmm. um, uh, and getting my building that I just purchased paid down so that it, I am that could be a retirement vehicle in the future. That's that's another big goal. Yeah. Um, growing the company even more um, is another goal. Mm -hmm. And. Uh, just having some fun along the way with the ballooning and, and so forth. Awesome. But, yeah. What's an action step that listeners to this program can take today to bring them closer to achieving their burning desire? Well, it may be corny, but um, I always took something I needed to reward myself. So either being a, a Rolex watch or an airplane or a new car or I would cut out a picture of it and I would tape it to my desk and that would be my motivation before I picked up that phone if I didn't really want to talk to that client or it was kind of a drag I'd look at that picture and psych myself up and make it happen mm -hmm. and I think visualizing those goals and knowing what you're going after really really changes you and I, I would um, also write down I always keep a pad of paper and write down things that I wanted to do and I would mark off those things on that pad and get them done. Um, you know, I went to a lot of real estate trade shows when I was younger and, I, and they were such great information and I'd come back and never apply it. Mm -hmm. I would go to those shows and at least get three really good things and tape them under my desk and make sure I did them that year. Yeah. Um, I, you know, it just comes down to follow through, um, stay in the course, and and coming up with ideas, writing them down, doing them. Mm -hmm. um, I I have a uh, a strong connection to that. Back when I used to sit by the copier out in front of your office, yeah. I had a goals and achievements board, and I remember cracking up because one day Steve Judd said, "Here's this kid. He's 19 years old, and he's got the car that I want." <laughs> <laughs> on, on his goals board. <laughs> so, but that can be really powerful. And, it uh, is. And I think that to this day it's shifted for me. I've got a, I've got a vision board that I've created, but, and then I just scanned it and I, it's now the, the back top or the back of my computer desktop. And, uh, yep. and so it's, it's kind of really helpful and valuable. So it's, it's cool to see that you still do I that still, and still uh, imagine that. Well, I mean, what a drag if you go to work and all you're doing is trying to get by and, and, and pay your bills and buy food and pay your rent. 
-hmm. What a drag that is. How motivated are you going to be? You've got to have something over and above that to really want to motivate you. Mm -hmm. Um, You don't get motivated by those things. No. And pick an airplane. So what? It's a big goal, but work for it. You know, it gives you that that motivation. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Um, Other than just paying bills and rent. (laughs) Yep. I really want to thank you for having been such a big inspiration to me and, and continuing to be. I, I'm totally impressed by the business that you've built. And now as, as I create a new company here in, in Los Angeles, it's, it's really nice to continue to see you as a mentor. And, and so thank you. I appreciate your time. No, no, thank you for having me. And I know you have what it takes. And, uh, and uh, you're doing very well, and uh, I really appreciate it. It's really been nice talking with you. I want to thank my guest, Dean Baker, for joining us here on Real Shift Radio. I'm your host, Dominic Labriola, and I want to thank you so much for listening to the program. Shifters, be sure to check out the show notes from today's episode at dialdominic.com slash 12. I've posted some poignant quotes there from Dean, along with information about how you can connect with him and me. I hope you're enjoying this program and the inspiring real estate industry-related guests I'm bringing to you. These are some of the people who inspire me the most, so it's wonderful for me to be able to bring them to you in this forum. I hope that you'll take a moment to share this episode with at least one person who you think would enjoy it. And I really encourage you to head over to iTunes and leave me a review if you're liking the show. I would be incredibly grateful if you would take just a couple minutes to share your thoughts about the program there. Your positive review will help us to reach more people. Thank you again for tuning in, Shifters. Be sure to come back next week for the next episode of Real Shift Radio, featuring special guest Julie Toon Timms, who joins us from Hilton Head Island, South Carolina, where she and her husband Bernie own and operate a small but highly productive real estate brokerage. I've known Julie for a number of years now, and I think you'll be just as charmed by her beautiful spirit as I am after you listen to my conversation with her. Until next time, Shifters, keep it real. Keep it real.